cool. Well, I am excited about what God is doing in our missionaries, in our world, and right here in our city. Uh, it is so exciting. Before we get into the Word, there is uh, something I need to talk about, and that is that if you've driven by our property, there's a giant yellow sign in front of it. And so someone, people have asked, why is there a yellow sign? And you know what yellow signs mean? That means something's happening, right? Isn't that generally what you, know, what you notice? So um, I, shared, I shared a while back that we were in a, in a tussle with the city, I guess is a good way to say, regarding, um, regarding some wetland issues. And so uh, we have, we've been trying to get some approval and apply for a variance. Um, and it's a long story. I won't go into it uh, and bore you with the details. But uh, there's a sign out there now, and I'll just kind of give you what this is about. So we have a hearing scheduled tentatively for October 4th uh, to go before a hearing examiner and so that he can say yes. Uh, that's the plan, okay? So... Uh, so you're welcome to show up to that. I don't have a time yet on when that is be, but I'll let you know. But uh, here on the sign, it says this proposals for a variance from the critical areas protection area. I know that's, that just means wetlands. Uh, to allow encroachment into the standard buffers associated with wetlands, potential offsite wetlands, Puyallup River, etc. This is related to the development site for a church. Okay? So it's letting the public know that we want to build a church and that we're asking for a variance because uh, the code is prohibitive to the project, okay? So that's kind of where we're at. Now, this is the important part. Public comments are open until September 22nd. So anybody from the public, anybody from the public <laughs> may comment uh, on the application and receive notice and participate in any hearing. So if you comment, you'll get... Notice to uh, let know when the hearing is. Please email comments to, this is where you get your pens out, planner at cityofording.org. Okay, so if you want to comment and you want to have anything to say at all, if it's, if it's positive or negative, you can say anything you want uh, about what you think about whether or not that site is suitable to be built on in the city of Ording for this project. So that's planner at cityofording.com, or .org, excuse me, it's .org. Uh, you are welcome to make comment and welcome to show up at the hearing as well. So that's, um, that's kind of information. So praise the Lord. Amen? We're working on it. I told you we're working on it, and we're working on it. So hallelujah. Well, let's get into, let's get into the word this morning. I, I want to just, before we get into this week's word, is I just want to take a quick look back at what we're focused on for the year. The, the, the word the Lord put on my heart was break ground. And uh, I had shared, I had shared at the beginning of the year, I got really excited, but he said, this is a spiritual work. Uh, that doesn't mean it's not a practical, physical work, because we know what breaking ground is all about, which we want to break ground on a building and yellow signs are good. But God wants to do a work within his people in which there is some things in our life that we have tread upon that he wants to loosen the dirt. And in Hosea 10:12 it says, "Sow for yourselves righteousness, reap steadfast love, break up your fallow ground, for it is time to seek the Lord that he may come and rain righteousness upon you." That there are places in our lives that we have this hard ground that if we would go to the Lord, he would say, "All right, I'm ready to do this work." And, and we deal with things in our lives, we come across stuff, we we, we struggle with stuff, and sometimes for decades 
sometimes for many years we have the same issues that keep popping up and we think we've got it and they keep coming up. But I believe the Lord wants us to break through those things this year. That it is time to, to get the real healing. It's time to stop treating symptoms. It's try, time to really dig in and say, Lord, what do you want to do here? But I will tell you, it's not easy. If you've ever really worked at something, it's, you know that it's not easy. And I told you some things at the beginning of the year. I told you it would take an investment that we have to sow into the groundbreaking. It says, sow for yourselves righteousness and reap steadfast love. There is a decision and an action where we say, I'm going to commit to this thing. More than just for a day or a week, I'm going to break through this thing. I told you it would take hard work. That when we tread upon the same areas in our life over and over, that ground gets harder and harder and harder. And so we've got to break it up. We've got to break these things up, get determined and do the work. Because when that ground breaks, there's deliverance in store for us. There is a deliverance in store for God's people and he will pour out his rain upon the dry and thirsty ground, it says. And we spent a few months in a sermon series called Sacred Ground. Sacred Ground. And the sacred ground was about the spiritual ground that needed breaking in the temple of our hearts that needed rebuilding. And we learned what it looks like to restore that temple in our lives. It was an inside work. An inside work where God began to till the soil of our hearts. But now I believe as we come to this end part of the year, and it's hard to believe that we're getting there in 2023, that we're already entering the last four months of the year. But as we come to this point in this, this fall, I believe God's saying it's time to finish the work that began. That God stirred some things in your heart over the course of this year, and it's time to see things change, not just in the spiritual, but in the natural. Does anyone have anything in the natural in your life where you're saying, I'd like to see some things change in the natural? Amen? I don't know about you, but I'm done with the havoc that the enemy has been causing in the lives of God's people, in the lives of the people that I love. And it's time to punch through that wall that has been in the way. It's time to punch through the things that are holding you back. And so we are going to be a people who are breaking through. Amen? Are you ready to break through? Is anyone ready to break through these things? I am so ready. This sermon series is called Breaking Through, and we're going to study the book of 1 John. But before we get into that, I just, I wanted to share a little story about um, a, a wedding that I did um, a while ago. And, and I, don't, I just have a confession. I'm not the best in, in social situations where I don't know anybody. Can anyone relate? Like, I, that's surprising when I tell someone that. They're like, that doesn't make sense. Like, you are, you're fine with public speaking. It doesn't intimidate, it doesn't scare you, you don't get anxiety. How in the world, when you get in a small group of people that you don't know, can you even be intimidated by that? It doesn't make any sense. Well, it's just the way it is. Like, you would think I would be fine, but it's, it's awkward. It's so awkward trying to figure out, like, I don't know these people, and yet I'm supposed to have a conversation, and, and maybe that's just, like, the introvert in me that's, like, I'm not sure where, where to go. But I, I, I remember being at a wedding, and, and I usually hang out with the groomsmen before the wedding, and sometimes the, the groom is out going and doing all the photos or the first look and all that stuff. And so you're just kind of sitting there with the groomsmen. And at this wedding, the groomsmen didn't know each other. They all were friends with the groom. 
right? So that, that's not totally uncommon where someone brings in their friends from all over the country that they grew up with and, and they weren't in each other's lives, but now they're all in the same, we're in the same room and nobody knows each other except everybody knows the groom. Have you ever been in a situation like that? Or you go to someone's house and you don't know anyone else there, but you all know the person who invited you over. And you're, you're, you're like, I don't know these people. Now, in this, the problem is the groom's out getting pictures. So these guys are in the room and they're just staring at each other because nobody knows each other. And I'm sitting there going like, I know I'm the one who's supposed to like be making this happen, right? I don't know what to talk about with these guys. And so everybody, it's just, it's just the most awkward thing. And guys are there and, you know, just like getting out their phones. And it's just like, it's awkward. And then finally, the door opens and the groom comes in. And then all of a sudden, conversation starts. Why? Because everybody knows the groom and is connected. And the groom's able to go, oh, hey, did you know this person does this? And it's like, yeah, we could have known that if we would have talked to each other. But no one knew what to say. It took the right person stepping into the room for the room to change. You've been in that kind of situation before? The right person steps in the room and conversations begin to flow and everything begins to change. And we're going to look we're going to look at this idea this morning as we see as John writes in 1 John that everything changed when Jesus stepped into the room. Everything changed when he stepped into the world that when, when Jesus came and he broke through into our world, everything changed. And he revisits an idea that he talked about in John, and we're going to get into that a little bit. So let's look at breaking through. We're going to be studying this book of 1 John over the next few months. So, we're, so hang tight. Get 1 John bookmarked in your Bible. It's gonna, you're going to get it yourself a nice permanent crease in your Bible. I encourage you to bring your Bible in 1 John. We're going to be studying 1 John in, all the way till the beginning of December. All right, We got a lot of ground to cover in this book. There's so much content here. And as I was studying 1 John over the last few weeks, I really sensed that this idea of breaking through that in 1 John... Like, I felt like the Lord was saying, all the tools you need for breakthrough are right here in this book, right here in this letter that, for, that John wrote. And so we're going we're gonna to dig into it, and we're going to learn so much. We're going to discover what breaking through entails, where we need to focus, what traps to look out for, how to fight properly, all important things. We're going to discover what a life of victory really looks like, but none of that happens without the person of Jesus. None of that happens without Jesus breaking through. So let's look at what happens in 1 John. We're going to get to that in a moment, but I want to just give you the kind of the overview of what was happening as we start a study in a book of the Bible. It's important to me to know what this book's about, where it came from, why it was written, all that kind of stuff. So just bear with me. At the time of this writing, there were a lot of varied beliefs already about Jesus. So Jesus had come, he had died, he had risen again, he had appeared to his disciples, and he had ascended into heaven. Then the believers gathered together in the upper room in the book of Acts, and the Holy Spirit came upon them, and the church began to, and empowered them, and then the church began to grow and flourish and spread out. Persecution was happening, people were being martyred, and the church was beginning to multiply out. And 
And in the time of this writing, there were already varied beliefs about Jesus. Have you found in your life that there are a lot of varied beliefs about Jesus? There was already, this early on in history, not long after Jesus had left, there was already so many different beliefs. And one of those beliefs was Gnosticism. Gnosticism is, is kind of like what I would call our modern day spiritism. This idea of just spirituality. It was all about being spiritual without a foundation of Jesus. You ever run into people in this world they want to be spiritual, but without any Jesus, right? They feel like, well, I'm, I'm fine. It's okay. I'm, a, I'm, a spiritual. I'm in tune with, with nature, right? I'm in tune with the one who created nature, right? That's what's important. And so there's these different beliefs, and, and they believe, the Gnostics believe that Jesus couldn't actually have become human. It just isn't possible for God to have become a human because it doesn't we can't comprehend it. I don't know about you, but I don't know that I really want to fully surrender and worship someone who, who I can just, oh yeah, I got it. I figured you all out. Like there's something other about God, isn't there? There's something so much bigger than my comprehension. There's, there's so much bigger. And, and, and I feel like the, the more that I, I study the Word of God, the more incomprehensible He is, and yet at the same time, I know Him more. When I was first, when I was early on in my pastoralship, I, I would have said to someone who was like, I don't understand the Trinity. I'm like, give me 10 minutes. I'll explain it to you, right? And now I'm like, I can't explain it anymore, right? I, I so get it, and I so don't get it. Like, that's God. And so they were stuck because they can't understand how could God become flesh. So their assumption was that Jesus came on this earth in the spiritual form and only appeared to be human. Just like in the Old Testament where angels would show up on the scene and they would appear as men that Jesus must have, have never really come. It was just he was a spirit and somehow, I, I don't know. It was like this divine appearance, like the Old Testament. They believed the idea of Jesus without embracing the work of Jesus. And some of them believed that, that Jesus came and somehow embodied human form and spirit, but then his spirit departed before he was crucified. It was, it was a very bizarre thought process that Jesus didn't really fully come. But John wants to clear some things up, and he does this in his gospel as well, that Jesus really really stepped into this world. And it's so important, the foundation of everything that we believe and everything that John wants his readers to know is that none of this matters unless Jesus truly stepped into this world. You can be spiritual all that you want. You can have a belief system all that you want. You can be a good person all that you want. But if you truly want to see breakthrough in your life, it begins with this understanding that Jesus stepped into our world and changed everything. See, there's power in the name of Jesus. There's salvation in the name of Jesus. There is fellowship with the Father through Jesus. And this letter begins with an echo of John's gospel. So before we get into 1 John, I want to just go to the book of John. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Turn there with me, if you would. And we're going to read the first few verses of the book of John and see what he has to say about the person of Jesus. It says this in John 1, verse 1. It says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in 
the beginning. Now, just for a frame of reference on what John is talking about, if you go down to chapter or verse 14 of chapter 1, it says, The Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. We have seen His glory, the glory of the one and only Son. So just for frame of reference, as we read John chapter 1, the first few verses, when He says the Word, He's talking about Jesus. So he's establishing that Jesus was there in the beginning, the creation of the world, that when God said, let us make man in our likeness, that there is the Trinity in action. Jesus always was. He was with God in the beginning. Through him, all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. And in him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. So Jesus says that he is the word, that he is Jesus Christ who was with God. He has always been, and yet he stepped into the world. Now, this is important language that John uses because the Jews always believed all throughout the word and all throughout scripture in the Old Testament that God always revealed himself through his word. And when you look at the Old Testament, God would use prophets, and in the pro- he would use the prophets to come in to bring the word to his people, and so God would reveal himself through the word. Moses went up and received the Ten Commandments, and the Lord revealed himself to his people through his word to Moses. And so God revealed himself through his word, and so by calling Jesus the word, he's telling the Jews, this is God revealed. This is God with us. The Greeks, on the other hand, also had referred to the word. And I think this is interesting. The word that John uses is the word logos. Logos. And, and that word, L-O-G-O-S, was, was a word that was used in Greek philosophy for centuries. And that word was, they, they would use that word logos as the, the basis for organization and intelligence in the universe. That was their word. And so when John wrote this in the Greek, He was using a word out of Greek philosophy that meant the order and intelligence of the universe. And so he's reaching both the Jews and he's reaching the Greeks. And for the, when he says that word, logos, he's getting everyone's attention. I love how intentional the Holy Spirit was through John when writing the Gospel of John, because when he used those words, in the beginning was the word everybody's attention is now captivated, both Jew and Gentile. That this is the basis for everything. And so for the Jew, God became flesh. And for the Greek, Jesus is the answer you've been looking for. All right here in these first few verses in the book of John. And this Jesus who was at the beginning stepped into our world. He broke through time and space, God in the flesh. And with that in mind, let's turn to 1 John chapter 1 toward the very back of your Bible, just a few small books and then Revelation. So if you go to Revelation and turn back a few pages, you'll find it. 1 John 1, and we'll begin with verse 1. Listen to the similarity here between what we just read and what John says to the church. He says, That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked at, and our hands have touched, this we proclaim concerning the word of life. Same word. Logos. It's the word, right? The word of life. The life appeared, 
and we have seen it and testified to it, and we proclaim to you the eternal life which was with the Father and has appeared to us. We proclaim to you what we have seen and heard so that you may have fellowship with us, and our fellowship is with the Father and his Son, Jesus Christ. We write this to make our joy complete. And that's a collective joy, my joy, your joy, our joy. Do you see the similarity between these two things? These two scriptures. Do you see the similarity between John and 1 John? He's establishing the same premise that Jesus was at the beginning. And he says, now, you know, he takes it a step further in 1 John because in John he said Jesus came into our world. And in 1 John he says, we now have fellowship with Jesus. I love it. He says, fellowship with the Father, fellowship with us, fellowship with Jesus. And this is an invitation to those who have strayed, those who are maybe buying into the confusion, those who have, who have watched the, 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 the pastor on TikTok that talked about something that really made a lot of sense, but yet it's not really scripturally accurate, but it sounded good. You see that? Don't get your theology from TikTok. Get it from the Word of God. All right? I mean, I can take one scripture and twist it as good as anyone. I just won't. I can make it conform to my image, but I conform to his image. Enough of that. So he's inviting them back to Jesus. Are you confused? Have you got caught up in this Gnostic idea? I want to invite you back to Jesus. There's clearly some people he's writing to that are not in fellowship that he wants back in fellowship. And this word fellowship is a Greek word, and some of you men have heard it. The word is koinonia. We were just at camp, koinonia, a place of fellowship. And this word koinonia means to walk with, to share life with, to interact. And he's writing to these people who are out of fellowship, and he's inviting them back into koinonia, where these readers were, were struggling. They were in need of a breakthrough in their life. Some were having a hard time believing in the person and the power of Jesus. Some of them were stuck in sin and shame. Some of them had struggles that they were hiding. I know that's none of us. Everybody wears their struggles on the outside, right? No? <laughs> no, we don't. We have our struggles and we're not doing well. And then we come to places like this and we go to friends' houses and it happens to pastors' gatherings all the time. Well, I was at a pastors' gathering recently and, and everybody wants to know what's going, how's your church? And everybody's saying, great. And someone's like, how's your building process? And I was like, it's terrible and it's horrible. And Bethany was like, you were kind of a killjoy at that table. And I was like, I know, but it was just the truth, right? <laughs> Sorry. But we, we have, I was struggling that day. It was a day of cynicism for me and I get those. But, and, I, and I maybe I shouldn't have done it. But, but we, we have these struggles and we kind of just keep them in, but they're there. If we're honest, they're there. They're really there. We can say fine. We can say life is going great. We can find the things and there's nothing wrong with being positive. I am, I am the most foolish optimist where I will say everything's going to be fine all the time. Ask my wife. It's kind of annoying sometimes, but I just, I just believe genuinely though that it's going to be fine. It's going to work out. But there's struggles. There's imperfections. We have things that we deal with where we have stuck places. And John says the solution is this. Let Jesus break through into those places in your life. 
Let Jesus break through. Not just the idea of Jesus, but the person of Jesus. And I think this is where the church can tend to be powerless, is that we can get stuck in this place in which we allow the idea of Jesus to be in our lives, but we really don't allow the person of Jesus to break through, the power of Jesus to come and to really work in these things in our lives, where we want Jesus to be our comforter when things are hard, but we really don't want him to be our accountability when we're walking in places that we shouldn't. We like the idea of Jesus, but not the person of Jesus. And this is more than an ideology to John. To John, this idea of Jesus breaking through and breaking into the world is more than a belief system. Jesus is more than a religion to him. Jesus is more than a spiritual answer. Listen to what John says. He says, I've heard him with my own ears. I have seen him with my own eyes. My hands have actually touched him. The one who was at the Father at the beginning, he was with us. Friends, he really did break through into our world, and he wants to break through into yours again. This is what John is telling them. You guys, I know you're struggling with some things, but listen, I've seen him. I have personally heard him. I have personally touched him. And he wants to break through into your world, and you're not going to get it. You're not going to break through. You're not going to overcome. You're not going to have victory until you're in fellowship with Jesus. Not just an idea of Jesus, not just a belief of Jesus, not just a church attendance, not just you went to the Bible study, not just that you, you have faith or that you're a good person, but that you truly have fellowship with Jesus. Koinonia, the, the idea that you are doing life with him, that you are walking with him, that you are interacting with him. John wants us to know that fellowship with Jesus is where breaking through begins. And without fellowship with Jesus, we can be pretty good people. We can be nice people. We can accept who Jesus is. But the word made flesh, he says, is the word of life. It's what Jesus does that he brings life to dead places. Amen? Have you discovered that he's brought life to dead places in your life? Maybe you've got dead places right now and you're going, I need life. And I believe in Jesus. He wants to... He wants to get into these places in your life and relationship because he brings life to dead places. He brings light to dark places, amen? And we're gonna read about that next week. He brings freedom to stuck places. Breaking through comes through the person of Jesus, not the idea of Jesus. We have to get that as Christians, that it comes through the person of Jesus, not the idea. And Jesus encourages us, excuse me, John encourages us to invite Jesus into our world again, to bring him into the broken places, to bring him into the struggle, to bring him into the frustrated places, to bring him into impossible places, to bring him into discouragement. If Jesus can break through time and space to enter this world, he can surely break into whatever it is that you're facing. He can surely break through into those places. Listen, I will tell you this. My hands have not touched Jesus the way that John's did. But I have seen him move. I have seen the impact on his life. 
My hands have touched the person whose lives have been redeemed and healed and restored. I've seen it. I have seen him heal. I have seen him deliver. I have seen him do the impossible. And so I would say to you today, the same that John would let the word of life, Jesus, be life again to you today. Let him enter in. See, breaking through won't happen unless we allow Jesus to break through in us. Breaking through in your life is going to happen. You may have a relationship that's messed up right now. I'm telling you, you need Jesus to break into you, to break through to you, to come to him and say, Jesus, enter my world today. Jesus, enter this situation. Jesus, enter this problem. Jesus, come into this mess. We don't want Jesus. We're like, Jesus, please don't see the mess. Just stay away. I don't want you to see what I got going on. Your best route to freedom, your best route to deliverance, your best route to breaking through is to say, Jesus, here it is. Come on in. I want fellowship with you, even in the state that I'm in. Jesus, break through. Jesus, enter this broken relationship. Show me, Jesus, enter in. And it's simply, we're just going to stop here today, just with this little introduction to the book of 1 John. We'll get into the meat of it next week, I promise. But but we can't miss this. Because if we miss this step, if we miss this part, we're gonna have a good study and you're gonna be you're gonna be way more religious and educated at the end of this study than you were before. You're gonna have more knowledge of God's word than you will come December. You're gonna have such great knowledge of words, God, but if you're not gonna have true breakthrough in your life unless you say, Jesus, I need you to break through right now into me because I got places, Jesus. I got broken spots, Jesus. I've got some habits, Lord. I've got some issues with this relationship that I'm in, and, and I need you to break through. And I need to walk with you. I need to have fellowship with you. I need you every day. I need you to keep me accountable, Jesus. That's not a prayer many people want to pray. Oh, Jesus, would you come and fix this? Oh, Jesus, would you come and heal this? Oh, Jesus, would you please remove this person from my life? Those are prayers. But many Christians don't say, oh, Jesus, hold me accountable. I don't like that prayer. <laughs> but when I say, Jesus, come and break through into these places, which I've tried for years, decades to get through, I've stuck in this really bad pattern in this cycle and it keeps coming up and I keep failing and I've blamed everyone else in my life over and over and over. I'm starting to realize maybe I'm the common denominator. Jesus, I need you to break through because I want to break through in this area of my life. So Jesus, you come and you break through to me. That's where it begins. And I wonder this morning, what is that place in your life that you need Jesus to enter into? You need to invite him in again. Say, Jesus, I invite you in to this place today. That's where it's all going to begin. That's where the, if you would do that, you're going to get to December and you are going to have a transformed life, I promise you. If you would just start with saying, Jesus, I invite you in. Enter in. Jesus, I know I've got walls. I know I've tried to keep you at a distance, but I'm giving you permission to punch through, to come in and to meet me in this place. Would you stand with me this morning? I want to pray over you as we close.
And I want us to just take a moment to, to, to reflect and to think. If you would just close your eyes and just think about that question. In what places do you need Jesus to break through to you today? Where in your life do you have walls up? The fortresses in your heart that you've built. Where do you need Jesus to enter in? Where you need to come to the Lord today and say, Jesus, break through. Break into my world today, Jesus. Just as you broke into this world for all of humanity, I, I need you to come into my world personally. If you're in a place today in your life where you've never asked Jesus to enter your world, the one who came, who stepped into our world, who laid down his life, who gave up his life upon the cross for our sin, for our shame, for our mistakes, for our failures, and rose from the dead that we would have the power to live this life. If you have never been at a place in your life where you're saying, Jesus, I need you to enter into my world. Would you just raise your, your hand with every eye closed? Just say, I'm ready to ask Jesus into my world if you're in that place. Hallelujah. Praise your name. Maybe you just feel like you've drifted. You're distant from the Lord. And you feel like, Lord, I need you to come in again today, Jesus. I haven't been walking with you. I haven't been partnering with you. I haven't been living the way that I should. And I need you to enter into my world today. If that's you, just lift up your hands to the Lord like you're surrendering to him, saying, Jesus, I surrender to you today. Come and enter in. Come and enter into my world today. We need you, Jesus. Would you come and break through? Lord Jesus, we just come before you this morning and you see every situation, you see every struggle, you see every heart, you see every, every place that we're at. You know, Lord, what's going on. And so we say to you today, Jesus, come and break through into our world. Break through into this broken relationship. Break through into this depression. Break through into this perpetual worry and anxiety. Break through, Lord Jesus. Break through with this addiction and this struggle, Lord. We're inviting you to come and break through in these places, Lord, where we've been so stuck and it seems so hopeless. Lord, break through. We need you, Jesus. We need you to come and break through into our world, into my space. I invite you into my space today, Jesus. Come and break through. Lord, that's where it's going to begin. That's where healing begins. That's where change begins. That's where transformation begins in you, Jesus. We turn our eyes to you, Jesus. And we acknowledge that you are the life. You are the word of life. You are the light in the darkness. And so come, we ask in Jesus' mighty name. Hallelujah. Amen. Church, if you are...